On today's podcast, your hosts, Chris Nicole and TC, discuss the 2023 Mr. Olympia results. Hello, everybody. <laughs> we just wanted to uh, take some time to discuss the most prestigious bodybuilding event of the year, bringing all of the world together. <laughs> uh, TC and I did not attend the Olympia this year. Sad. I had a lot of FOMO. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but we made the most of it. Um, not everyone can afford to attend the Olympia, mm-hmm. but we did watch the live stream. Watch probably was better with my injury. <laughs> yes, that's a good point. So, um, quick yeah. life update: I, you know, tweaked my back, got a little slap happy on doing some squats, and <laughs> did squats one day and felt absolutely fantastic. And two days later, decided it was a good idea to go back and try to do the same thing again. And, just tweak something. It was just a little muscle strain, but it really was pretty debilitating. So, like, riding around in a car was okay until it was time to get out of the car. And on mm-hmm. our trip home, there were a couple times where I was uh, in in tears. It yeah. Was, it was very painful. Um, much better now. and But I think watching the live stream gave us a chance to, like, kind of lay in bed with each other and, mm-hmm. you know, talk about it as it was happening and... Um, we got a little workout in on Saturday in between, so yeah, yeah, it was still, it was still good. Yeah, it was a crazy week, or month, it all just blurs together. Yeah. Uh, down in Florida, we had a lot of really, um, made some exciting connections, we'll be making some announcements later, uh, but Florida was super busy, and then yeah, it ended with DC's injury, and, uh, so it was just time for us to get back home, and, um, also, you know, we, uh, we do actually enjoy watching the live stream. Actually, I I mean, I always do. It's cool to be there in person and see it live. Like, there's nothing like that. I'll never take that away from an event like that. Uh, the vibe, the energy, it's just surreal. But there is also um, a plus to watching it through um, a live stream. There's a lot of commentary. There's a lot of, um, like, I watched a lot of athlete interviews. You do learn a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's just different. Um, and I think, yeah, if you financially can't afford to fly across the country or wherever you're from and pay for the expo tickets and all of that good stuff, you can at least pay for the live stream and catch up. So Yeah. And the expo tickets, man, that's that's like the cheapest part. That's true. You know. Yeah. So I think I think what we found was worked really well for us is going to the expo, watching pre judging in person so that we could see yes. the bodies in person and then watching the live stream. Uh, for the finals. Mm-hmm. So I, I think for me, that was like my favorite thing that we've done. I think the first year, that's what we did. Um, and yeah, that that was, I think, my favorite. We did for the Arnold too. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking. It was the most cost-effective way for mm-hmm. us to attend the event and get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. And we do um, try to make sure that we stay up to date with the big events, especially being coaches in the industry. We have to watch for the trends and there's there's been a lot of changes actually this year. So we'll go over some of the criteria that's um, been evolving as the sport has. Um, and we're, we'll go through, um, we're not going to go through every single category. Um, we just 
we're going to talk about the things that we know and study and uh, we'll leave the rest of the experts to talk about the categories we're not as familiar with. Um, so we'll be covering uh, men's bodybuilding, obviously bikini, wellness, um, men's classic, obviously, you know, we're going to talk about the categories we compete in and um, men's physique and fitness because there's some big things and wheelchair okay so we're covering a lot of things yeah basically <laughs> like not 212 and not women's physique or yeah figure. we're not as familiar with those categories we will talk about sydney locking in figure again but yeah. okay we're probably going to touch on most of it because you know there's a new 212 champion too he dethroned the the giant slayer so that's true uh you know took sean sean cleared it down and so yeah so let's start with bikini how's that that's that's start your, with that's your the bread and good butter. stuff yeah. okay yeah okay we'll start talking about bikini everyone who's in bikini still listen to the end <laughs> uh yeah okay so bikini we'll start off with telling everyone i actually was very excited to see green on the stage this year uh that is the color that i wore for my debut for 2023 so i made a joke to one of my very good friends i told her that both jen dory and ashley called me and asked what color they should wear to the olympia and i told them that they should wear the green color i wore and they both showed up look in amazing green so yeah no they didn't call me guys but <laughs> no, uh, they called me they called your, your bodyguard <laughs> also that the, the t some of the top bodybuilders were wearing green hottie was yeah. wearing green it was a big color this year Samson was wearing green. I think last year it was like blue, purple. This mm -hmm. year is, you know, I think the year before that was more red. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting how like a lot of the trends kind of shift and follow. Classic stays black. Yeah. They stay classic. Classic stays classic. Yeah, but they're getting smaller and smaller. It's almost <laughs> like they're going to move to bodybuilding shorts Those anyway. bottoms so are small. Crazy. They are getting smaller. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, okay. So, aside from... I mean, yes, I was seeing a ton of bikini pros winning in red this year. Red was like the color I was seeing everywhere. I think it was, oh, shoot, I forget which show it was. Either Pittsburgh Pro. I think it was Pittsburgh Pro. I'm sorry if I'm saying this wrong, but like the top four people were all wearing red. It was all dark hair, red suits. So seeing that trend happening, I was curious what was going to show up on the Olympia stage and was very surprised by the green colors. Um, I know Ashley is a angel competition suit um, athlete, and uh, Jen Dory is toxic. So it was interesting to see the two different, you know, they're both green, but there was a little bit different. So if you're looking for suits, um, that's what they were wearing. And what else? I mean, as always, it's completely ridiculous how these judges pick a winner because they're all just freaking amazing yeah at this level they just they all look very very similar and then it, it boils down to i think what look they want to perpetuate for the class going forward for the following mm -hmm. year like last year i feel like maureen was a little softer than some of the girls that she won over yeah because so. it was trending in a hard direction mm -hmm. the girls were looking really hard yeah, so Tyler, I think Tyler Mannion did a very good job putting out those videos this year of like the division qualifications, like what they're looking for, mm -hmm. um, because I think wellness was doing that too. It was, it was moving, uh, a lot of these girls were having to use a lot of things to put, put on the muscle mass needed to do well in these classes, but then they were sacrificing other parts of their look, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very interesting, like, and 
there's other categories, again, that are evolving. I think bikini has kind of stayed within a relatively consistent conditioning level this year, from what I have observed um, as an audience member and participant. It is definitely like you need to have the glute shape and depth and tie-in conditioning. That's like hands down, like there's no question about that. Speaking of glutes, Laura Lee's glutes, I just don't know how she has the most huge yeah, she, she added glutes. this pose. She used this front pose in which for those of you not like just listening to podcasts, like we have a picture up. But she added a new pose to her posing routine where she's trying to show her glutes from like literally looking directly at the judges and you can see them because her glutes are just that big. Show your glutes from the front. That's mm -hmm. like one of my mottos. You should be able to see your glutes from the front. And she did do different posing this year. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. um, her routine was beautiful, but she did like move her hips and she has such a tiny waist. She can literally stand straight on to a judge and you can see her glutes just shifting from side to side so and then when she got to the back pose man like i would not want to be a girl standing next to laurel no. <laughs> in a back pose like no. her glutes are am they're amazing um and that's, she that's a good point though because you know she a fourth and she i would say she definitely had the biggest glutes on stage she did yeah so and that's the thing about bikinis it's not just about size where it, i feel like it kind of used to be that mm -hmm. you just need bigger glutes and bigger delts and now it's like the look whatever look this judging panel is going for yeah it's a hard class it is a hard class and a, a lot of like professionals in sports say that coaches mm -hmm. judges they say it's a hard category to judge because it is so also dependent on the person's individual physique. So Laurelie's got knocked for having too big um, of glutes in the past. Um, I I don't know that that was her feedback this year. I, I, I kind of wait to see what they post and what they share because it's, I think, silly for me to just surmise what their feedback is. Um, but she wore her classic color. She did great with her posing. She's absolutely beautiful. She won the Arnold this year. So she was coming in with, uh, you know, like a win on her, a big win on her shoulders. And um, I do just remember her standing next to Amy Delgado in a lineup. And it was like a mini Laura Lee next to, you know, because Laura Lee is super tall and Amy's a little bit more compact. Um, so it's just, it's, that's the other thing that's very cool to see at the Olympia is, you know, the top of the top standing next to each other because they look so... I mean, I was on stage with Amy Delgado and... She won a few shows this year. She won like five. Yeah, she did great this year. And, and she won big shows. Mm -hmm. And she was in top ten, but she she didn't make top five. Let's see, what, what was she? Amy Delgado, she got six. Mm -hmm. So she was pretty close. Yeah. Right behind Issa. Or, yeah. Yeah, which Issa... Looked great this year. I felt like her glutes were more bubbly than they've been in the past. Um, she's been, she's always kind of got knocked for not being as tight in her backside. I felt like her conditioning was much better this year. Like she looked much tighter. I mean, you can't, I don't even know that she's got a front pose. That's like hard to beat. Um, and she wore purple. So that was a new color. I just like didn't recognize her at first. She coming out in purple. I was like, I've never seen this girl in that color. Um, I felt like it was a little bit on the dark side. The like greens and blues popped. Even the 
the i mean red obviously is gonna pop i felt like it was a little bit dark with her tan and her hair color um but obviously it didn't keep her out of the top five she looked fantastic and uh her posing is also very very pretty too mm-hmm. um yeah i i must listen to her in the press conference as well i listened to the meet and greet interviews that's on live stream i listened to the press conference i listened to pretty much as much as i could listen to um Oh, okay. So in her the meet and greet interview, she said that she came in pretty hard for the, I think it was a Texas pro. That was her judge feedback. She came in hard. And so she softened up her look, which I feel like coming in hard for Issa, I've not seen often. So she softened up her look and that's when she won the clash um, in August. So uh, yeah, it's really all about like, that fine tuning for bikini, it's a tough one. I felt like Ashley brought the a really good package this year. I felt like her conditioning was great. Um her posing is always just a little bit like awkward to There's me. There's something about it, man. And for She's, being a gymnast, it's it's crazy. You but think? I think that that's it. I think that she has more like of a bouncy um more like cheerleadery type of feel to her posing and everyone else just brings a very sultry uh posing routine so it kind of stands out um and i think she's like that's her personality so it makes sense for her to pose that way i don't think if you have that type of personality you should be trying to do sultry posing like you should stay within what your your personality is but i mean like maureen's super sultry so is laura lee so is jen dory so um yeah it's just interesting to see the different people up there and you know if you're looking at this top five four of the five are miss olympia so it was a it was a tough lineup this mm-hmm. year um yeah laura lee is just man she's fighting for it she's she's been in the top five for the past like i mean since i've known you yeah she's been in the, i think the first year we were together i think was her first year breaking into the top mm-hmm. and that was when janet leigh won Oh, okay. Um, yeah. 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 And, you know, this one, the, the dark horse first reared her head and so to speak. And, you know, ever since then, she's been, she's been a definite contender. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure she'll get it eventually. Yeah. But yeah. I think when you're that close, it's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. She keeps showing up. Especially in bikini class. Just keep doing it. This you is just her... keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But she's definitely, she's a fan favorite for sure. A lot of people love her. They watch her YouTube. Um, She's, I don't know, she's easy to root for, I think. Um, and Maureen. Yes, so Maureen won last year. She came in second this year. I loved her in the red. I thought that was super pretty to see her. She wore pink last year and, like, shocked the world that pink could win at an Olympia. Because uh, there are some judges that are not fans of pink suits. Um, I've had friends that have worn pink and the judges have said, do not wear that color again. Uh, so it's interesting. They're, per- they're particular about certain colors. But she rocked the world, wore the pink, solidified it. Um, she had red this year. And I have to comment on the platform of shoes that she was wearing. She's so... Tall. Yeah. Uh. She's so petite. But she had these, like, huge platform. I mean, maybe they're huge to me because I don't really wear heels. But they're like They look like they're like an inch and a half or two inches. Yeah. And she's still sh- the shortest one. Yeah. In top five lineup, yeah. So. But she, 
she looked so comfortable. I was amazed at her posing. Like she definitely has the sass, the walk. She has, she has it, Mm -hmm. that it factor. Um, There's no denying it. And I did feel like her tan looked pretty dark to me. Yeah. Um, A couple athletes this year, I felt like their tans were really dark. Um, And sometimes I've, and I heard some of the commentary as well. Like sometimes when the tan is too dark, which is hard to do, um, you lose some of the detail in the posing. Uh, Now, again, we weren't there in person. We were watching through a screen. So maybe my perception was wrong. But some of the commentary were saying that as well, too. Some of the stuff that I've heard. So, um, again, just relaying information. We were not there to see the exact tan hue. But... um, but yeah, I, I love Maureen. She was also interviewed um, in the meet and greet. And I loved what she had to say. They were asking her, like, her expectations for this Olympia and, like, her, um, who she was up against and blah, blah, blah. She said, the only, the only one I have to beat here is the current reigning Miss Bikini Olympia, which was her. And... I just thought that was so well put and she made sure to reiterate in the sport it's you versus you. Mm-hmm. And it, I just appreciate hearing that from the top of the top of the top of the food chain. Yeah. Um, Cause that can be very difficult to maintain that perspective. You know, Yeah. that's what we constantly tell all of our athletes. You're, you can't control who's going to show up to this meet mm-hmm. and you can't control the look that the judges want to see on that particular day. Or what your body decides mm-hmm. to do. Exactly. All you can control is the work that you put in leading up to that show. Mm-hmm. And and everything that you've done since your last, you know, stage shot. So it's it's very important to keep that mentality. And I think it's, it's, you know, much easier to stay positive about your progress and stay honest with yourself about your progress mm-hmm. when you're comparing yourself to yourself instead of to other people. Exactly. Yeah. And the other thing about <clears throat> all of these women that were on the stage from number one down to, what was it, 47 or something, 49? I think there were... There were almost 50 bikini competitors this year. There were 49. I have it in my notes somewhere. Um, and the th- something that could be said for all of them is their stage presence and the authenticity. Um, y- when you're on a bodybuilding stage, you have to be yourself and you have to be comfortable mm-hmm. because the judges see that and that comes across as confidence and confidence wins shows, you yeah. know? Yeah. So there's definitely, I think, personal growth that's directly tied to physical changes within bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have to put in the work. It doesn't happen just because you're changing your physique. Um, but it allows for that opportunity to evolve as a person. That's another thing I was hearing a lot this, you know, during when I was listening to all these athletes getting interviewed, you know, some of them were reiterating the becoming the best version of you. That's what they were saying. And I felt like that's easy to, to look at physical changes as the best version of you. But they touched on different things about mental you know, strength, um, like persistence, um, just like evolving in a deeper, at a deeper level, um, as a person 
and becoming better versions for the people they loved in their lives too. Mm -hmm. So I just think that's important to know as well. Athletes, I think we can get the perception of like, okay, well, the top of the top, they sacrifice everything, including their relationships, their like everything to get to that level. And while I do think there are significant sacrifices, um, they're not sacrificing themselves in the process. Mm -hmm. They're choosing to evolve. Well, I think that the real successful ones, I mean, like just look at Bumstead. He oh, talks yeah. all the time about his circle and how integral it is to have it and how he wouldn't be where he is. Mm -hmm. I know for me, it's the same way. I know I wouldn't be as successful as I am today without you. Oh, same here. And, yeah. you know, it's just you have to have that and you have to, like, you have to maintain the appreciation and the gratitude for the people in your circle and for the people who are helping you get because no one does it alone. Right. And if you have that mentality, man, you might have some people who are along for the ride for a little bit, but they're going to get tired of that. Mm -hmm. You know, they're going to get tired of, of your big, arrogant, fat head and <laughs> yeah. they're going to walk away eventually. So yeah. they're going to get used up and yeah. you don't want to do that. Exactly. Yeah. It's important to take care of the people who take care of you and understand that when you're hangry, you're probably a dick and, <laughs> and you know, be gracious yeah. and be patient and, you know, and thank people who have to put up with you during prep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You pay forward. Yeah. And then, um, which, okay, sorry, we segued. I was mm -hmm. almost finished talking about Noreen. Yeah, uh, Maureen, sorry, not Noreen. Nor <laughs> Noreen's our neighbor. Um <laughs> Maureen. So I also like that she was um, excited to represent the Philippines. She made note to mention that. And um, she also made it clear that, you know, winning, she said top, top five at the Olympia to me is winning. And she said, it's so hard to get this title. So, you, you know, winning once is hugely fulfilling to her. She said, I'm just here to party. And I liked that approach. Like, that's very true. All of those statements are so true. Mm -hmm. And uh, she said, oh, she was also talking about the last time that she, you know, last Olympia. She said she was standing there squeezing Jen Dory's hand. And she said, I was squeezing her hand to congratulate her for winning. And then they called my name. And she said, I knew that I would win the Olympia at some point, but I didn't know it would be then. And she went from ninth at an Olympia to fourth at an Olympia to first, which is a huge climb. I mean, that's historic. A lot of these girls are making history with their um, placements. But I don't know. I just wanted to make sure that I shared that on the podcast because I really liked what she had to say. I yeah. felt like a lot of times they interview people and they're like, <laughs> they're so far dieted that they're sometimes just grasping for words to try and give a strong message to the audience that's listening. And I felt like what she had to say was very substantial. So, um, yeah, I mean, I won't know until I eat and drink ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. Oh Sorry, my gosh. Tell you, tell you okay. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what his name was, but anyhow, we'll finish up with a yeah. uh, bikini. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was cool. It was cool for me to see people that I had stood on stage with, too, at the Olympia because I had seen them in person. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, OK, this is making more sense uh, relative to some of these other athletes that they're with. Um, and everybody that one one shows that I was at did great. So, um, yeah, I was just means was, you're picking the right shows. You're you're putting yourself against solid competition. You well, know? yeah. I mean, this has been the year for me and I think really for all of our athletes choosing difficult mm -hmm. shows like yeah. um, everybody has 
been intentional in picking challenging events. Um, but if you're not challenged, you're not changing. I, yeah, I mean, I think that it's something to be proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it, you, you have to have like resilience because you, you go in knowing that it's going to be difficult, but, um, I mean, higher shows are going to be difficult. So it's, you know, you live one life, so you might as well like grow as much as you can. Yeah. Well, it's also, what do you want out of it? Do you want to collect some hardware or, or do you want to, like you said, be challenged, you know? And, you know, on a separate note, you said Maureen said a top five at the Olympia is winning. Um, we looked at the last place men's physique competitor and I said, imagine this physique <laughs> being last place in a competition. Yeah. Okay. So like making it to the Olympia stage, in my opinion, is winning. That, well, that's, I mean, yeah, that's, oh a, my gosh. Just, that's why they have Olympia on their Olympian on their Instagram. Like, man, I would put that up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. So bikini, I thought was very interesting. Um, I do, I did like, oh, uh, what's her name? Ariana Brothers came out of nowhere this year. Um, that's Paul Ravella's client. I mean, obviously he's he's my coach, so I like to follow his athletes. But I was extremely impressed with her. Um, I thought that she had great detail, like glute volume, good detail. I think her posing is beautiful. I classic red you can see there. Um, yeah, I mean. To come out of nowhere and then lock in seventh place mm-hmm. at the Olympia, I think, is huge. So congratulations to Ariana if you're listening to our podcast. Mm-hmm. And also Jen Dory and Ashley, who called me about the green suit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I think it was really cool. I, um, Amy Delgado got sixth. Uh, Ashlyn Little got eighth. Daraja came in ninth, which she was wearing blue, I think, this year. Um, I always love her posing. I just think she has a very graceful, uh, persona on stage. Yep. And she's a core nutritional natural athlete. So, okay. Top 10 at the Olympia as a natural athlete is impressive. Thank you for mentioning that. Cause I have often thought about like the extreme that it takes to be a natural athlete on the Olympia stage and, I just, yeah, I got to throw her some bonus credit because that's a hard uh, road to walk. And she's definitely someone I admire a lot for a lot of those reasons. But yeah, she's she's amazing. And she looks great. If you're on YouTube, you can see her. Mm-hmm. Ta-da. Uh, but okay, so we, we've rambled. Well, I've rambled about bikini for a really long time. We have a couple other people to talk about. But if you want to um, look at the results they're they're posted online so yeah mpc news online already has all the state shots up they have the um placings um i don't see the scorecards on here but i think we found those somewhere else but then i feel like some of them were like kind of weird looking like it was not necessarily yeah the official olympia results scorecards i could not find they had the 2020 two ones up a couple other websites try i think had them up but some of them the they didn't look correct in their standings. So, I mean, I would just wait for the official ones. Um, Oh, one more thing. When they were announcing, because it was Jed Dory and Maureen holding hands again at this Olympia. um, The Bob Ciccarello announced 
And now your new Miss Olympia or whatever else he said after that, but he emphasized new and both of them had been previous Miss Olympias. There was really no way for Bob to make oh, it. Oh, it is a lose-lose for him. Yeah. <laughs> but it confused me because I was like, new? There's no one new. They both have been Miss Olympia. But mm-hmm. I think he he was making the emphasis that it was going for Maureen. Well, and then Jen like commented and he was like, well, I was going to say two-time, but you were both would have been two-time. So yeah. <laughs> Bob was in a yeah. corner. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So Jen Dory's going home with $50,000. Maureen with 20 and Ashley with 12 and Laura Lee with seven and Issa fifth place with six. So congratulations, ladies. Now we'll move on to, well, let's talk about a male category. You want to talk about classic? Well, I clicked on men's physique. We can, <gasps> yeah. Okay. Let's, let's talk about men's, men's physique. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Perfect. So I actually found this prejudging very entertaining this year. Um, I felt like I really enjoyed watching the expressions of people. Like when they were doing the call outs, Brandon Hendrickson. Um, and I'll just preface this with, I'm sorry if I'm seeing anybody's name wrong. I'm just not very good at pronouncing everyone's name. Um, and who was the other person? Aaron, Aaron Banks, Ryan Terry. Ryan, when they moved Ryan and Brandon next to each other to split center, I just watching their expression and their excitement, they like grabbed each other's hands and like congratulated each other and were like real hype in the middle of this whole lineup in front of everyone. I just thought that was like the coolest thing ever. I love seeing people excited about when and like Brandon was congratulating him. Like they were, they were in it, they were in the mix, they were really excited. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, I'll be honest, I've never been super excited to watch men's physique. I think it's impressive, but this year I thought they had like great camaraderie. I thought it was very interesting. Um, well, I also think like it's very easy to win and it's relatively easy to be a good sportsman when you're the winner of of an event. Sure. Um, and your character really comes out when you don't win. When you lose, you know, when you fall a little short. Yes. So, and I think we saw a lot of that at the Olympia this year. Um, there were some, you know, dethroned champions. Uh, honestly, yeah. I think Bumstead, well, okay, in the divisions that I am privy to, Bumstead was the only repeat, you know, or, or returning champion from last year. You know, 212, new champion. Men's Open, new champion. Uh, women's Bikini, new champion. Uh, figure, Sydney Gilligan, she is, she locked in her. Yeah, so that was the same, and I think Wellness was the same. Mm. Yeah, that was the same winner. Yes. Um, But yeah, there were a lot of upsets. Mm-hmm. You know, Ryan Terry almost came out of nowhere, you know, but he he wasn't one of the favorites. I mean, Aaron Banks yeah. was the reigning Olympia champion, mm-hmm. and then like a couple weeks prior, Aaron Banks lost to um, this guy, um, Kyron... Oh, Kyron, yeah. They were talking about that. Um, and he ended up taking, what, sixth, I think. Um, was that at Legion? I heard them talking yeah, about at Legion. Yeah, seventh. So he, he ended up taking seventh. So he, he didn't break top five, whereas Aaron Banks still got, uh, you know, the third spot. But um, it was just very, it was a very interesting competition this year. So, 
And, you know, at this level, like, it's just so crazy, the minute differences that they're looking at. Because, obviously, all five of these men's physique guys, they look freaking fantastic, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, crowning a champion, I just, you know, we say it all the time, I would not want to be one of those judges. Well, and they say, too, that this category is hard for similar reasons that bikini is hard. Because it's mm -hmm. just, it's, the criteria is very... It can't be too big. <laughs> yes yeah oh so, yeah it's it, which on that note they're instituting weight caps for that this year right they're doing it for a lot they're they're oh yeah and qualifications they're kind of like revamping for next year's olympia but yeah they did do um new rule changes for men's physique classes this year mm -hmm. so after uh, the olympia they are instituting um, new weight limits for men's physique classes. So it's going to be similar to classic physique where, uh, you know, however tall you are, there's a weight cap for, you know, how, how much you can be on stage. Yeah, they were saying that the uh, men's physique competitors were starting to rival athletes in classic physique. Mm -hmm. So which that I mean, I see that with every category. They just get bigger and bigger and mm -hmm. bigger is better. Yeah. Yep. And then they have to start bringing them down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, and, and that's really when the, the division gets more defined as mm -hmm. to, you know, what the criteria is. But it's good that those things are in place to help keep it, keep it streamlined, you know, stream, not streamlined, it's not the word I'm looking for, but. Uniform. Yeah. Um, so while it does evolve and there are some changes and different things are, you know, whatever, but uh, I think they're doing a, a better job of trying to keep stuff more succinct. So, um, Okay. Anything else you wanted to talk about men's physique? Ryan Terry finally made it. Yeah, so Ryan Terry is the winner. He's the new champion. Brendan uh, Hendrickson got second. Aaron Banks got third. Um, so, you know, those two guys, second and third place, they've, you know, they're they're no strangers to the podium, uh, to a podium finish at the Olympia. And Ryan got third mm -hmm. last year. Oh, no. No, it's, I'm sorry. My notes are in, I'm reading this wrong. Uh, it says that Ryan's Olympia, his best Olympia placement was a third place, and that was in 2018. So he's been to the Olympia nine nine times, and he's finally locked it in. So, man, how many times do you have to get to? Okay. Yeah, I mean, his 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 midsection is crazy. So, like, he definitely deserves a win. Yeah, you know? he's he poses straight on. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's exactly, like, if anyone looking on YouTube, I mean, and, you know, number... Well, one, two, three, four. Number four is posing straight on two and five. They're they're all three of those guys are kind of straight on, whereas Hendrickson and Aaron Banks are you know they're doing the typical men's physique kind of turned pose. But which, by the way, posing straight on is not common. Easy, whatever word you want to put there. There's... It's just man, you have to have those proportions. You got to have these tiny little hips and, you know, and enormous shoulders. And yeah, genetics for sure. Yeah, because so... most people any category there's a little bit of twisting of the waist to make the waist look smaller mm -hmm. so straight on posing is not common especially if you have um like a fuller waistline so he just he like got up there and just stood there just straight here on I here i am and they gave him gold medal and fifty thousand yeah. dollars so uh yeah okay so ryan got fifty thousand dollars brandon hendrickson twenty thousand aaron banks twelve Emmanuel Hunter got came in fourth place and got seven thousand dollars and fifth placed Diogo Mont Montenegro. 
Yeah, which I remember him from last year, too. I don't I, know what he played, but I remember that name. I've so. heard him a couple times. Yeah, I think he's been first. Oh, he got 6,000, by the way. Great job, gentlemen. Yeah, I thought they had some some cool camaraderie things. But, okay. Wellness. Okay, the I just saw, I looked over the picture TC pulled up was wellness. I love this category so much. I love it. Um, I think these girls are absolutely beautiful. Um, let's see. Well, congratulations. I mean, you've probably seen Francielli has locked in. How many times is this for her? I'm trying to pull up my notes here. I think this was her third. Do you remember? Yeah. I don't. Third title. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's she's so she's won three years in a row. I feel like. Well, how long has been? How's wellness been at the Olympia? Yeah. So just like Chris Bumstead. Yeah, she is, is the wellness look that they're looking for. Which is hard to not see that when you look at her. As soon as she comes on stage and you're seeing her pose, like, yes, the other bodies are impressive. But when you think of wellness, at least when I'm thinking of wellness, as soon as I see her, I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. Like, hands down. Just the aesthetic, because a lot of wellness is getting knocked for not looking healthy uh, losing femininity, which I think other female categories have fallen into that um, problem in the past as well. So I know Tyler's been making, you know, he's making videos on everything. But um, I've heard that that's been feedback for wellness. Um, there's been feedback for um, waistlines being too large. There's been feedback of being too hard. Um feedback of legs being too bigger than glutes so just like bikini it is a glute dominant game like yeah man i mean i didn't see one set of bad glutes at this olympia no. yeah which you can see you know again anyone on youtube you can see that this second place her legs are bigger than the first place oh isa mm -hmm. so you know it's it's not it's not always who has the bigger insert attribute here you know mm -hmm. it's it is a specific look that they're going for but that again that's why bodybuilding is so hard yeah that's why i'm a power exactly. lifter <laughs> <laughs> he dabbles yeah. he dabbles in bodybuilding yeah. either you pick it up or you don't <laughs> <laughs> there you go there you go uh, but yeah so francielli uh you know wellness has been here three years and she's defining the category just like chris bomb said has made classic i think what it is so it's pretty cool to see that for a female. Mm -hmm. And um, she wore red. I think she looked stunning. I've seen her in red. Red, red, red is her color. Um, but it was close. I mean, uh, Isabel Nunez won the Arnold. That's She came in second this year, but she's she won the Arnold this year. Um, I just really like Isabel Nunez because she loved Diego so much. Mm -hmm. we, t we went to the, I think it was the Olympia last yeah. year. No, Olympia? two years ago. Yeah. When it was in Florida, again, we went to the meet and greet and we took Diego, our dog, with us. And she loves dogs. So, and she, I think she was standing there. She didn't have like anybody to talk to. So we took Diego over to her and she like got on the floor and was petting him. So anyhow, um, I like her just for that reason. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> I like her for a lot of reasons. She has a great attitude. Mm -hmm. She has a beautiful spirit. She's like just always so thankful and happy um her husband actually is her coach which i think is pretty cool it's been cool to see some of these like husband wife duos happening because jen dory also is coached by 
her husband Anthony. Um, so yeah, I Isabel, I think, gave Francielli a little bit of uh, a run for her money for sure. Like it was them too. I think hands down, most like back to back when they were doing a lot of prejudging. It's just, I mean, they just kept moving them two to the middle. But um, yeah, I thought it was. I'm seeing more consistency within the the category this year, which is nice to see. And um, I think that's pretty much it. I just glutes, 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 my lady's glutes. Uh, okay. So third place was, I'm going to, oh gosh, I'm going to really try and not butcher these names. Elisa Alcantara, mm -hmm. $12,000. Fourth place was Rianne Fogol, $7,000. Fifth place, Giselle. Okay. I know Giselle just by first name basis. Monchado is her last name, $6,000. I didn't see a lot of wellness competitors that I have previously been following. So it was a little bit interesting to see the lineup this year. And I would say that that was the stage that was the least packed. I felt like every category I watched, there were tons of competitors. Maybe I'm seeing that wrong. I just I felt mean, like... There were some, let's see, 16... So like there were there were like twenty five it looks like, okay. Twenty four. Okay. Yeah, that's is, pretty decent. Yeah, it's it's less than bikini. I mean, it's more than the women's the other yeah. yeah, it's yeah. more than the other female classes. Obviously, far less than men's physique and less than men's classic. So, um, you can see where they're what the popular categories are. Yeah. Mm. But wellness is growing fast, um, and it's. It's a fun category. I love watching them. So, um, okay, where should we go to next? Um, well, let's. Uh, I, w I just want to briefly touch on the two twelve, uh, which I didn't bring up an award picture for the two twelve. Go for it. Uh, but Keon Pearson um, took out Sean Clarita for the championship. I think Sean was looking for his third or fourth. I th I can't remember if he had two or three, but. I mean, anyone looking on, on YouTube, like, this guy's proportions are just absolutely ridiculous. And his, I mean, his conditioning was on point. Like, I would say this guy definitely deserved the win. So, um, not that everyone else didn't look fantastic, too. But just, holy cow. I mean, 212 doesn't get a lot of love because it's basically just miniature men's open. <laughs> um, but, yeah. yeah, I think it's just important to, you know, give a shout out. Because they still put in, a, for, they put in a ton of work. So, so the twenty two. 2023 Masters Olympia this year, Kamal was supposed to compete, but um, he had a family emergency, which there's a lot of that happening this year with mm -hmm. people's injuries or sickness. Like, it was a wild Olympia, I would yeah. say. Um, so, which bikinis, uh, Jessica Wilson, she won the Masters Olympia this year in Romania and um, she was actually kind of towards, not towards the bottom, but, um, she didn't place as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even think it was top 16. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little, that was surprising. Um, who, what was her name? Jessica Wilson. Yeah. She, she was. So they, they placed like way down. Well, they do numerical order. If you don't place, they do 15 and then they place all of the rest of the people as 16th place and then they do it in alphabetical order, not numerical order. <laughs> Sorry. 
okay yes, yeah, yes does yes. that make more sense mm-hmm. yeah so I, like i said once the scorecards are actually out it'd be easier to kind of like see but um they this, do this the is what i mean fallouts and then everyone else you can go and they do i think like once the scorecards are out they will have like placements because i did see that from 2022 but you could be at the top of the top of the game, Miss Olympia of the Masters category. And listen, she doesn't look like she she looks like everyone else. Sometimes Masters people think that they just they're like. She looks great here. I'll, uh, you would never be able to guess any of these people's ages. Yeah. I've seen 50 year old competitors that you would never know. They look like 30 year olds. Um. So, yeah. The, so, yeah, it was kind of interesting to see some of the masters olympians coming over to the original i don't know what else to call it olympia um and seeing their placements and how they stacked it's man it's it's tough so um yeah sorry i cut you off with 212 no it's okay that's all i just want to touch on that so yeah we can move to the uh so i guess we'll do we can do classic next (gasps) yeah let's talk about classic Uh, we'll save men's open for last just that's just like that, they do yeah, at the exactly. Olympia. Guys, you'll be shocked to see who won. <laughs> because you didn't see it all over the internet or yeah. Instagram already. Yep, so... Okay, so why don't you talk about classic well, physique? Seabum took his fifth title. Um He's got the fist, that's what TC says. Yep, solidifying himself as Mr. Classic, for sure. Because he hasn't done that already. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're definitely modeling the division after him. Mm-hmm. This guy doesn't compete all year. He competes at the Olympia, and that's it, and he wins five years in a row. I mean, that's that's wild. Um, And I will say that, you know, Ramon, I, he gives him a run for his money for sure. That was cool posing to watch them yeah. too. Yeah. And, and now they've competed, you know, for a few years with each other. They know each other at this point, and... There's a language barrier there, but there there's universal language as well. Yeah. And I think that they there's camaraderie in this sport for sure because they know what everyone goes through. Mm-hmm. And to be the top two people um, for at least two years in a row, I don't, I don't know where Ramon placed um, in 2021, but I know last year he he came in second too. And, and there there's the Dino camp that thinks, oh, he should have won this yes. and the other. I'll tell you what... I, it's tough because Dino's hips are definitely narrower than Bumstead's, but man, Chris just has the abdominal control that like, I'm not going to say it's unmatched by anyone, but it's unmatched with anyone with his physique. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see Ramon, like he, he does try to do some ab vacuums as well, but I feel like he hasn't practiced as much because he doesn't need to. His waist is so small sure. that he doesn't have to have practice that abdominal control. Whereas Bumstead, when he's relaxed, you can see like, he doesn't have a tiny waist when he's relaxed. I, that was one thing yeah, TC did point out to me because we, we were analyzing everybody, just mm-hmm. like good audience members do. And they have. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, yeah, you did point that out to me. You're like, check out his waist when he's walking. Mm-hmm. Now, there's like, he's completely peeled and there's tons of muscle. But if you're looking, if you're, yeah, if you're watching and you have like, you, you're looking for those differences um palm said can just outpose yeah he's he is just his everyone is just amazing 
I especially noticed that when it was, they had the top two up there, Ramon and Chris. Like, I think everybody saw that coming. Like, Ramon won the Arnold this year. There's, like you said, there's a huge fan. They got both got their fan clubs. Yeah. Uh, we got Brazil and Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Bump says he got the world. He's got 21 million followers now. Okay, so like, he's got the world. Cow, yeah. He's got the world. Yeah, because I did hear people being interviewed, like, who do you want to see here? And people who could barely, like, get English out, they could clearly say Chris Bumstead. Yeah. Like, um, but anyhow, when they were posing, the two of them, it was like the top two. It was interesting to watch Chris's demeanor versus Ramon's. Ramon was more energetic, more like here to fight for it, more amped up and excited. Which he's Brazilian, you know, that kind of comes with the territory. If you've seen his glutes, you'll understand where, yep. which country he's from. <laughs> I was like, thank you, Brazil. Um, but Chris, Chris was more stoic. They would jab at each other a little bit, playful jabs, not like trying to get each other, but like... They would reach over and try and touch the other person in between poses or like, you know, Steve Weinberger would call out a pose and they would just, I saw Ramon look at Chris a couple times and just like hand gesture at him. Like, and they would look at each other and just like, it was, it was really cool to watch. Yeah. It's like you were talking about earlier in the men's physique. Dude, it was, it's interesting to watch different categories and their posing. The bikini girls are beautiful. They're all kind and loving to each other. It seems like they have great uh, camaraderie. But when you watch the men get up there and pose in some of these categories, it's like they're coming for war. Uh, Or they're super playful or like it's just they're more emotional sometimes it seems. Um, And like each category gives something different. Wellness is like spicy and interesting to watch. Like it is just... Well, it's I, dominated by Latin America. I freaking sure. love it. I just can't. I want people to come out there, do spins and flip their hair all around because like, who can do that? Yeah. Who can look like that and do that? And uh, like Arnold always talks about the entertainment factor of bodybuilding. Bodybuilding can be so boring when it's so like militant. And like, yes, you have your mandatory poses. But when it comes to like competition, you need excitement mm-hmm. in a sport. And so I really feel like uh, Chris and Ramon brought that this year. Again, Chris would just like very easily like hit his poses and stand there and not freaking move. He's a statue. Did he breathe? We don't know. Um, like he just owned it. There yeah. was no shuffling and shifting into positions. It's like he wa- he just does this every day, all day. Here I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the posing differences were were interesting to watch. I do feel like. I was more attracted to Chris's posing because it looked confident because he wasn't as like um, energetic, but that's a personal preference. Mm-hmm. Like I do think there were some strengths of Ramon that were like that surpassed Chris. He's coming. He'll, he'll win eventually, you know? I mean, he, he has it and they're yeah. similar height, yeah. which is interesting too, to see them battle it out. But Chris, I mean, the conditioning that Chris brought, you cannot, uh, no one was beating that conditioning this year. I was, I've never seen muscle all the way to every plate. There was he, just muscle. He's just done a great job at perpetually getting better. And if you look at his progress yeah. from his first Olympia, even just to his second one, but if you look from his first to his fifth, it's crazy. How do you keep getting better 
when you're already that good. When like, you're already it. number one. Yeah, but he does it. Yeah. Consistently. Every single year, he does not come back with the same package. And he had, I could see every, I could see veins in all his, and I'm watching at home on a screen. Mm -hmm. And I could see his vein, like, branches. They yeah. look like branches all the way up his legs. Like, I really think his coach, Hani, is doing a, not that they need my opinion, but I think Hani's almost 30 Olympia titles. <laughs> okay. Does anyone, any other coach have that many? He's amazing. Yeah. I he mean, had, he has classic physique and he has open physique now for at least two years in a row. Yeah. Not open physique, but men's open bodybuilding. And he has number two in men's open bodybuilding. You know, you're right. I actually didn't. I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. Does... Yeah, because he coaches Derek Lunsford and Hottie. Oh my gosh, you're right. So he has someone else too. Oh yeah, I I'm... think he had another men's classic competitor that was highly competitive. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I don't know how this guy sleeps because he's churning out like the top of the top. Yeah, constantly. that's a lot of pressure, you know. But then it comes to a point where, okay, you... well, I, I know what I'm doing, I guess. <laughs> he has to know what he's doing to be able to manage all of those athletes and yeah. do so well. And well, he's... and he talked about when Chris first came to him before the Olympia last year. And he was like, man, I, I don't know if I want to take on the responsibility. Oh, yeah. He did say that. So he said, even you want me to coach you? I thought you just wanted some, like, tips. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, can, I can answer questions, but, man, you want... You want me to take your whole prep? Like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. So so just for anyone out there suffering from imposter syndrome, we're both raising our hands. <laughs> just know that the best of the best also have that. So, yeah. And this guy's won, again, I want to say like 24, 27. I, Chris Bumstead posted it. You know, 24 titles speak for themselves or something. It was him and Hani. So like they got... And, and I've watched some of their YouTube and, and the the... They're like conjecture, like when they're talking to each other. It's just, it's pretty funny. They're both very comical and you can tell that he's just a great guy. So yeah, um, I told Chris that he's going to be my coach next year. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be a day when I can talk to him and afford him. <laughs> so, so good luck with that. But yeah, so. I just, I want to be an Olympian too. Make me an Olympian. <laughs> uh, How many shows have you done? Okay. <laughs> no, yeah. I, it, it's very interesting. I like learning about the coaches as well. Um, being a coach, it's interesting to me, but also like coaches, the athletes get all the glory and the coaches, I feel like get all the ulcers, like mm -hmm. the, just being in that position where someone's ultimate goal is in your hand and you have to make the calls for that human being. That's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. And so hats off to the coaches <laughs> that, Pay attention and care. Yeah. At whatever level you're at. And you're care in... about their athlete's health as well. Because I know Hani and Chris talk about that as well. Yeah. His health is paramount. You know, Chris he... has an autoimmune mm -hmm. disease. So, yes, you can be uh, good at your sport. Anyone can pump someone full of drugs and put them on stage and have them look pretty good for a show or two. Yeah. You know, it takes, it takes a real good quality coach. Mm -hmm. To have you keep coming back year after year winning these titles. And Chris has verbalized what he will and will not mm -hmm. do um, in his preps and coaching. You know, there's stuff he knows that he does not want to put in his body. And he draws that line and his coach respects that. And obviously what they're doing is still working. It's working. So, so yeah, you just have to, you have to know your physique and you have to be able to 
relay that with your coach and that you it has to be mm-hmm. you have to link arm in arm yeah. to be able to make those goals like you, you, there cannot be a power struggle between you and the athlete or the athlete and the coach like it has to be cohesive there has to be trust for sure yeah, yeah. and I, I think it's good that you like kind of pointed out to give them props I, I felt like that as a goalie in lacrosse growing up if you lose it's all your fault right yeah and if you win no one cares that you pitched a shutout. It doesn't matter. It matters that they scored a bunch of points. Yes. <laughs> so you're yeah. just on the sidelines like, oh, well, screw me then, huh? <laughs> you know? I think but, in every sport there is that. Yeah. There is the golden... The quarterback in football, at, yeah. you know? And there's everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I I was thinking a lot about the coaches. I was thinking about my coach when, like, the, his athletes were up there. I'm like, I wonder what he's thinking right now. I wonder how nervous he is right now. I wonder blah, 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 blah. Um, because my, like, I think about the coach too. Mm-hmm. And we talked, we talked a lot about yeah, that. Yeah. Like, what would it feel like when you have, I mean, I get emotional thinking about what will happen when my athlete wins a pro card. There's specific people that I like. It's coming. Right. You know. And I, I'm just like, what well, that day is going to come. And like, how am I going to feel? And it makes me emotional. And, um, and sometimes it's just, I mean, we have athletes competing this weekend. We have three athletes uh, competing. All three of them have battled this year. Mm-hmm. Huge life changes from moving to retirement to taking care of family members. Mm-hmm. to, like, Yeah. it's And each of them have multiple things that were thrown at them this year. So even like... Yes, we're talking about the Olympia and the top of the top, but like getting to the stage sometimes is a victory in itself. And being a coach that, you know, we care so much about and I'm not I'm not trying to like blow us up as like the most caring people, but we do invest in our athletes. And that makes me emotional. That was my point. It's like just having that athlete reach. I was giving feedback to one of my uh, athletes today that's competing uh, over the weekend and I started like getting emotional on her like video review and I'm like I'm really sorry I need to like get myself together but I just you live through those things with that person and so um, I can't imagine some of these coaches like looking at their athletes locking in another win or um, getting in the top five or we're having to deal with stuff like okay we go back to last year Hani and Chris it was their first year together, and Chris hurt his bicep at the Olympia. Yes. At the Olympia. And now you, as a coach, this is your first year with this athlete, and you're like, okay, well, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Is this athlete going to blame me? So, yeah. And that's one of the biggest things is, like, to get around that and just understand that things do happen. And you, as a good coach, you really can't take things personally like that. I mean, you have to be curious and inquisitive um, and honest with yourself about wh- what's happening in the situation, but... Yeah, it's, it's just a tough spot, man. It's that's tough. a good point. There are a lot of ups and downs. And that's really one of the things I want to talk about was, as usual, Chris Bumstead, Spitting Wisdom, and his speech um, talked about how you can't try to numb out the bad of prep. And because when you do that, you numb everything else. You numb the good as well. That's a, yeah. And okay. you have to, like, life bodybuilding prep is just like life and there's going to be ups and downs and when you try to numb one end you 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 necessarily just reduce the spectrum of your emotions so your highs aren't as high yeah your lows aren't as low but your highs aren't as high 
And there's just so much less enjoyment to be had in life when you don't have the juxtaposition of the good times versus the bad times. That's a really good point. Yeah, he was, he said, um, feeling the bad helped me be grateful for the good. Mm -hmm. And then he talked about how he, he was talking to his family and he's like, I don't know if I can do this. And they said, we don't care. Mm. Whatever you do, we're still going to love you just as much. Mm -hmm. And so it all goes back to having that circle. Yeah. And, and understanding that it, it takes a tribe. And if, you know, I say this to Chris a lot. If, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Mm-hmm. And my entire life, I've been trying to go fast and trying to convince <laughs> myself, well, I can go far too. Yeah. yeah. And staying focused for a long period of time on something has never been my strong suit. Um, so uh, since I met you, obviously, I've been on, focused on one thing for probably the longest, except for Matt says that's, but we're quickly closing in on that time timeline too. So yeah, um, it's it's been really fun. So we evolve um, yeah. yeah yeah but yeah that was a really it seemed like he um w- did want to make it a point that it was hard mm-hmm. it he's, was hard he's for just him so genuine and authentic and i think that that's why so many people um love him because they understand like he says things and as a guy you're just like yes that that is exactly how i feel and but again also as a guy Sometimes you feel like you're not allowed to feel these things. So that's true. Yeah. Having one of the best in the world validate those emotions and those feelings um, and tell you that there's strength in admitting them and leaning on your circle. Uh, that was one thing he talked about is leaning on his and his wife now, right? Girl, no, they're fiance, engaged. Fiance, fiance. Courtney. Courtney yeah. King, yeah. So, and, and how that was like a game changer for him is when he decided to lean on her and when, when he uses her for the support that she's there trying to give him, it's better for both of them. And we've experienced that too. Like when I try to hide things from you, like we spiral (laughs) until I actually open up and tell you what's going on inside my brain and allow you to help me. And man, that was, that's been one of the hardest things I think for me is, is letting someone else in and saying, maybe I'm not Superman. You know, uh, maybe I do also have issues that I'm trying to work through. So it can be really hard. Mm -hmm. But I think that to be successful in anything, you have to be willing to admit your faults. You have to be willing to admit your weaknesses. And you have to be willing to accept help from other people to fill in those voids so that you go into battle with a full suit armor. That's very well said. Yeah. Thank you, Chris (laughs) Bumstead. And DC. They're just different heights. That's all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, just a mix of Bumstead uh, and Brett Contreras. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a topic for another Oh, podcast. the hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. Too, yeah. Okay. Um, no, I really liked what you had to say there. I think you relayed his message very well. Um, and there were some other men's classic competitors that... Um, yeah, I want to say like Brian Ansley, he obviously brought a great package. He was talking about how he was being he was going to be the most muscular on stage and honestly, I kind of think that worked against him. I feel mm-hmm. like his midsection was a little blown out compared especially if he stood next to Terrence Ruffin, who they're roughly the same height. Terrence's midsection is just so much smaller. He still maintained that classic physique, yeah. I thought Terrence, I mean, my personal opinion was Terrence should have done better than Breon. Yes, and I think, I don't think he's going to move up to the open because he got fourth 
in this competition. That would make sense. But I believe that his look is starting to lean more towards the open class. Brian is. Like, Brian. Well, two twelve. He's talking sure, sure. two twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's talking about going to two twelve. He announced earlier. Oh, yeah, and he talked. Yeah, okay. So maybe he will. This year. Well, earlier this year he said he was going to two twelve. Then they changed the weight class requirement for the classic. Right. They bumped it up. Because he was like it was interesting because we listened to the um, press conference. I think it was a press conference. And yeah, he was saying that he was going to do 212. Then they changed the weight classes and decided that he was going to actually stay in classic. And Chris Bumstead was interviewed and he said, yeah, there were some people. Not, not, I'm not saying this is necessarily Brian, but I just find it interesting that Chris had said there were some people complaining about the the weight classes being um more favorable more favorable to taller people and then he just kind of smiled and he said that's okay (laughs) i don't need to fill out my class or or something like that along those lines uh he said i'll weigh whatever i weigh and i mean enough said Mm mm-hmm um he doesn't have to say anything and i think this year he probably talked the most smack out of any like last year i feel like they brought him and brian up on stage and brian was really trying to egg him on and chris was just like we'll see we'll see we'll see because he's not a trash talker no That's just not he's who he not is. he has a sly smile <laughs> yeah. when he says things if he watches youtube he does the same thing yeah. he like pokes at people well if you've seen his side chest you've seen his little smirk <laughs> yes yeah. Because he hits it and he's he knows happy. what he's doing. He's he knows what he that. looks like. And he says, yep, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So I found Classic to be very interesting this year. Um, probably one of the most interesting posing and interviews. I just, yeah, it's grown on me. What about? Urs did great. Um, he also kind of poked fun at Chris for having his private gym while he's working out in a cold <laughs> yeah, ass bunker in right. Germany. I remember single bedroom that. apartment. Yeah. Do the accent. Can you do the accent? No, I can't do the accent. He's, he was very funny about how he was talking about. Yeah. So I work out in bunker. Yeah. And I love his posing routines. Like he always yeah. brings something diff- completely different than other people. Uh, this year in the middle of his posing routine, he, he put in a iPhone ringtone and he actually was answering the phone. So I was like, what are you doing? And he said, I'll in the middle of my poser routine and then he hangs up and he does his like little robot routine and but yeah i think he's he brings a lot just like you were talking about earlier with the showmanship um i think he brings a lot of that to stage so he deserves a win in the future as well um but i just really think bumstead like he needs to kind of clear out to to allow these guys to win and that's what's gonna have to happen and there was talk of uh, chris bumstead retiring at Mm -hmm. one point and uh, I think it was last year. He just said, when I'm done, I'll know. Mm-hmm. It's it's not necessarily, I'll go out on top or I'll go out when I lose. It's just, when I'm done, I'll know. And that's what he says. And he's been, I, look, I don't know how he does all this training and he has to pose for like, it looks like you said, his posing is just so on point. It looks like he poses for hours every single day mm. of his life. So I don't know how he does that. And he also runs all these businesses because now he has numerous he's got clothing lines he's got two different supplement lines i believe yep. so but again it boils down to having a team and be will, being willing to delegate these things yeah so stay in your lane you know build your lane and understand what you're good at and don't be afraid to say that's not my lane and bring someone in whose lane it is so like just like our coaching 
I'm the hypertrophy coach and you're the check-ins and the nutrition and the show path and the, the client handling basically everything else. So I have the easy jobs, <laughs> but that's what we're good at, right? Like you're good at handling people and like, yeah, I'm, I can talk to people, but I'm good at writing programming and, and understanding movement and looking yeah. and doing movement assessments and like we just play to our strengths and we, we realized that. So we partnered up and that's what reckless training is. So it's the same thing in, in anything else in life. I think building a business and, and, and building anything, you have to be willing to admit what you're not good at. You have to know and be comfortable with what you are good at and be willing to admit what you're not good at. So again, you can bring people in to fill those holes. Yeah. So that's very well said. Yes. We're the mom and the dad. Yeah. And we have a lot of children. Um, okay. Yeah. So Chris got 50,000. Ramon got 20. Urs got 12 in his third, split, third place. Fourth was Brian with 7,000. And fifth was Terrence with six. So. And on to the big dogs. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't okay. find a picture of the top five, unfortunately. NPC News Online wouldn't let us pull up their official Yeah, it was pictures. really weird. I'll, sh- I'll show you guys for anyone watching. Like you click the men's awards and then you click on one of the pictures and it just doesn't want to show you. So it's a secret. So sorry, we can't show you on YouTube, but um, yeah. Well, real quick, uh, men's wheelchair, a new Olympia was crowned. Yes, that was um, shocking because uh, King Kong Kelly, I think, had won five years in a row. And the first inaugural year that they didn't actually call him an Olympia champion. He said it should be six, but... Right. I remember yeah. that. It wasn't official the first year. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you have the winner? Yeah, the name is... Oh, man. I think no, he's I from it. Poland. I remember that. It is Karol Miluski. Yes. Or Karol Miluski. Which he looked great. I saw his routine, too, and he did a great job. And then Harold Kelly, King Kong Kelly, number two. Uh, man, I don't even know if I want to try to pronounce this name. See, it's hard. Josu Fabiano Barreto Montiero. Oh, you should have three. done the wellness names. <laughs> and then Mohamed Reza Tabrizi Nori is number four. Number five is Gabriel and Andriuli. Good. So I hope everyone wrote that down. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a test. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, um, yes. And Sydney Gilligan, who has won, so before we get to bodybuilding, she is a figure, I think she's similar to, um, like Chris Bump said, situation. I see her pose and I just can't not pick her. She has like an absolutely stunning physique. Uh, I mean, obviously to win, you have to have a stunning physique. But she, I don't know, she just owns it. She's so confident. And she talks a lot about if you are not doing something to advance the day after the Olympia. Like if you are not trying to beat me the exact minute after I have won, you're behind. Mm Mm-hmm. She's talked about doing cardio the next morning after winning the Olympia. I mean. There's just no quit. She and is a rare breed. Yeah. For sure. And she, um, I th- I believe this is her sixth. I'm trying to find it. I'm yeah. sorry. I re- and now having said that, you know, there is something to be said about taking time off. So 
running yourself into the ground is not necessarily the only way to sure. advance yourself. So I just want to put that out there. Like the going and working out the very next day after a competition is not the only way to, to advance yourself. You know, some, mm -hmm. for everyone, it's going to look a little different. And you just need to understand, like for her, I'm sure doing cardio is cathartic at this point in her career. It's just what she's used to. And keeping that same routine is just what she wants to do. Yeah. And there's another female competitor who I forgot who, but we were talking about the food and, and someone asked her like what she was eating the day after or probably Ashley K. Are you talking about Ashley K? Maybe. And it was just like, oh, I just, well, I just like my chicken and rice. Yeah. You know? That sounds like Ashley K. So. I yeah. can't, I can't relate to that. No, me I mean, neither. I like, I, I do enjoy my prep food mm -hmm. and I don't, I actually, I mean, I'm in my improvement season still eating prep food, um, but more variety and um, because I think like there's extremes to everything. Yes. You should not train 365 days a year to beat your component, your, your component, your opponent. Um, and no, you should not eat chicken and broccoli and rice. Every single meal. 365 single day. days. Yeah. yeah. And that's all that you're eating to beat your opponent. Your body is a very intelligent piece of machinery. Mm -hmm. So I think what it comes down to is the intentionality of your choices 365 days a year. Yes. Whether it's a little bit of leniency for recovery or mental space, like recovery well, i don't know i'm running out of words but you know what i'm saying like uh have intentionality behind every decision that you make yeah if you're going to relax relax mm -hmm. uh if you're going to train hard train hard mm -hmm. um because it does all compound on each other and different bodies are going to need different things so um i did hear some people talk about like being uh like like extreme they liked to they they approach the olympia as this is a battle i'm here to win everybody else is done i'm locking it in i've done all the things and then i heard other people with very grateful hearts and they're just happy to be here they're thankful for the experience they're here to enjoy it there was a very uh extreme just juxtaposition I felt like in interviews and in press conference, I can relate more to the grateful attitude because I feel like the I'm here to battle is more stressful. Um, but that's my personality. Mm -hmm. So I think it depends on the individual. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I, I probably come in with a little bit of both. You know, I yeah, think every, you do. everything I is a battle for me. Uh -huh. But I mean, the, the posing song that, I picked for my first show is I'm grateful yeah. it was because I, I just am. I'm grateful to be where I am. And like, I've been through some injuries in the past and I'm, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, you have to be grateful. And, and I think that that makes for a less stress, like you said, a less stressful show day. And, and we were just talking about this the other day about how competitors look better the day after the show. A lot of times it's not necessarily because they go home and eat a bunch of food, but it's because they relax, they exhale. And all that stress, the cortisol goes away and their yeah. body tightens up. So if you can come into a show day nice and relaxed, um, that is how you are going to bring your best look. I guarantee it. And I think practicing gratitude is a, a very or is the easiest way 
to try to eliminate some of that cortisol issue on show day. And I heard people talk about gratitude a lot at this Olympia too. Mm -hmm. And speaking into existence, you know, even if you are feeling anxious and feeling like it's about to be a battle, you know, if you talk, it, the words that come out of your mouth are also the words that are in your head too. So mm, that's a good point. Uh, and then, okay, well, I guess we are talking about everybody. Women's bodybuilding, Andrea Shaw, she uh, locked in her win. She was Miss Olympia last year. She locked it in again. I think she's very beautiful. Um, I think women's bodybuilding can get a bad rap. Just looking too bulky and uh, masculine. I, I I really think she did a beautiful job. I think she looked fantastic. And uh, she was rocking the pink. Did we mention the pink? Wait, who won? Her? Yes. Oh, okay. She's in the middle. They don't know what they're doing. No, they bring that. They, that's one of my pet peeves. Besides the Olympia theme song, guys. Oh, this is before the uh, they announced the winner. Is they bring both in the middle? Yeah. And they announce the first place winner. So the second place person just stands there and waits for the first place Olympia to get awarded, and everybody's freaking out because that is the, you know, that's the placement, and they just. While everyone's cheering and freaking out about first, they announce second place. Yeah, five, four, and three all get more attention than number two. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> wish that they wouldn't do that. Also, please don't play the theme song anymore. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. Um, but it's it's a classic. I guess we'll just go with that. Uh, but yeah, okay, sorry. Silly, Sydney Gillian, um, she, yeah, she killed it. Um and fitness? Yes. Let's touch on fitness because there was a kind of an upset. Oh, wait. Jillian. Uh, I'm sorry, Gillian. Sydney. Oh, my gosh. Figure. I was trying to find what how many Olympias she's won, and she's won seven consecutive figure Olympias. Wow. Yeah, I think that's worth noting. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry for saying five and six. Um, she's clearly on to seven, so... She's doing her cardio every day, <laughs> guys. Uh, but yeah, okay. And yes, let's talk about fitness. This was another like curveball. I was like, what in the world is happening at this event? Um, so Miss, oh, my computer died. So all my notes are not gone. Mm -hmm. uh, Missy Trescott was a, was she was Miss Olympia last year. And Whitney Jones has been Miss Olympia several years. Oksana um, also. So I think Oksana, last year she was coming to the Olympia. She had an injury the day before. Can you imagine your whole entire year preparing for your return and you get an injury the day before? Uh, well, it's almost as bad as the day of. Okay. Yeah, well, what well, happened to Missy Trescott today? I yeah, mean, at the Olympia. Today. Um, yes. So Oksana, you know, she had her injuries. She did not compete last year. She came back this year and she locked in her place, which she's been a contender. Whitney Jones talked about how she admired Oksana getting into fitness. Like, I mean, I guess Oksana never ages and just <laughs> continues to like be amazing. I think, I think I saw that her last Olympia was, Uh, sorry, I'm looking at pictures. Um, so, yes. Well, and, okay, so why don't we talk about Missy Trescott 
from Miss Olympia last year to this year. Yeah, she. What I think you. I think it looked like she injured her knee during her uh, finals routine or something. But it was mm-hmm. enough to make it so that she couldn't finish her routine. So she ended up not not placing at all. They didn't. They didn't even give her a placement of the. You know, if you look on the results. Yeah, so. they couldn't score her because halfway yeah. through her routine. Yeah, which for fitness, like that's like integral. I mean, that's what you get graded on. Most well, like, what can you do? Yeah, um, it's rough. If it's before, you can wrap yourself up, mm-hmm. which Whitney Jones has been known to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and com- she competed at Olympia with a broken leg, and won. Okay, yeah. uh, she, you know Whitney Jones has broken her neck, rehabbed, and come back and competed and won. Uh, she's torn an ACL. Ra- wrap that bad boy up. <laughs> like you you just fitness is amazing because you have two parts you have to be can you have the physical uh, yes component where you're getting judged um oh, and then you have the performance where you have to com- do this routine and um there's like several pieces of um I don't know, criteria that need to be included in the, the fitness routine. And it's absolutely amazing. You, they get a little bit more freedom to do their uh, like costume design and, and music and make it a performance. So when you're talking about like something that's fun to watch, fitness definitely fits that category. Yeah. It's crazy. And um, in, talking about Wendy Jones, I was watching the, the criteria for their um, physique um, prejudging and uh I'm like, because I thought I, at first I was like, is this figure? And then I'm watching it. I'm like, that is Whitney Jones. And she is like, got so much energy on that stage. Like whatever she, ha- she, whatever energy Whitney Jones has, I need some of it. Um, she's like bouncing around, flipping her hair. And I, at first, like, I'm like, I haven't ever seen figure pose like this. And then when she turned around, I was like, that is Whitney Jones. So I had to like rewind it and watch all, all the whole of the prejudging. Uh, but she's like, she danced off stage. If you watch her exit the stage, she is dancing off stage. So um, like I said, I think there's a certain individuals bring a really cool entertainment factor. They're not embarrassed. They're not s- stressed they're there to have fun and uh Whitney Jones also is one that I think has a lot of really wise words to share with people I mean she's been through a lot and she talked about her two boys were at some football semi-final you know I don't know much about football but they were at some big thing her two boys and she said we just have she's like I'm sad that I'm missing it but we're athletes and we have things we need to accomplish so um, I just thought thought that was pretty cool, and if my computer was alive, I would show you what notes I had for her and her uh, mean greet. But she's a really cool individual too. I, I have a lot of respect for her just just from injury comebacks alone. Um, and I think the biggest upset here was yeah. the person who took number two. Yes, this was her first Olympia, Taylor Learmont. Mm-hmm. Um, she's so young. Yeah, this was her first Olympia, and she came in and took second. Which, you know, looking at her physique here, I don't necessarily think it's as big or impressive as some of the other people. It's not as cut up. Um, but, I, I mean, I didn't get to see her routine, but judging from what a lot of people have said, like, it's her routine was very, very impressive, and I'm sure that's what put her in the top five. So, and not to say her physique is unimpressive. You know, I mean, 
I feel like she got bigger shoulders than I do. So well, their physique is one third of their judging. Yeah, the routine is two thirds, and she blew people away with whatever pro show she won. I'm sorry, then I I think it's Legion. Was that the one? Um, I think so. She just came out of nowhere. Yeah, and she she was unbeatable. So then now she's at the Olympia. It was her first Olympia. She was at the press conference. I can't imagine your first Olympia sitting in this press conference with all these people that are like the highest level. But she had a huge smile on her face, was enjoying her time, and good for her getting second place mm-hmm. at her first Olympia. Like, And they were talking about how this was a crazy fitness lineup. Yeah. That it was like one of the most competitive lineups they've ever seen for this category. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. So that was great. So, okay. Um, men's Open? Yeah. We or do you, want, you want to touch on women's physique? Sarah? Philly? I did not watch women's physique. I'll be perfectly honest with you guys. Um, but um, I think, I don't know if she won last year, she but did. she was at the press conference last year too. She did one. She won oh. last year. So she's retained her title. Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing her last year and thinking, I don't know how anyone's going to be her. She's freaking huge. She I mean, looks she's like she's got a crazy front lat spread, like yeah. Cobra. And I still think that she maintains like a... A modicum of f- femininity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I thought that she... I honestly wasn't really surprised that she locked it in again. But again, I didn't. I don't follow women's physique that much. That's why we're not going to talk about it because we don't want to talk about something we... <laughs> don't know a lot about um and i think that that's that covers pretty much everybody andrea shaw she's yeah we talked about her yeah let's talk about men's open which i also find very interesting to watch yeah so men's open um a big fan favorite this year was going to be nick walker who actually ended up having to pull out um and i think i don't know if it was a calf tear or a hamstring tear it was a hamstring um yeah, but then I was reading something that Nick Walker congr- congratulated Derek Lunsford and shared that he had a calf tear. So I don't know if Derek had a calf tear. Uh, that was kind of confusing to me. But oh. regardless, um, so last year... He did go to... Um, yeah, Nick Walker was there. He was in the audience yeah. watching and cheering for people, which I thought was... Very sportsmanlike. Yeah. Yeah. He's third last year at the Olympia. Again, another person made it all the way to the Olympia. It's just like the theme. And but that's what happens when you push your body to the limit. I mean, and, and like. And that was part of the message that I took away from it. It's like, you're going to be extreme. You expect your body to hold up the whole entire time. You're pushing it to where it's giving you a little bit of a pushback. Yeah. That I mean, that is any sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and bodybuilding. I mean, that that falls into that category, too. I I think it just, like, really solidifies the fact that um, bodybuilding is a marathon sport. It's a marathon mentality sport. And if you try to rush things, uh, things are going to break. And so is powerlifting, honestly. And I think that's what happened to me. You know, I felt like I was right there. So I pushed and pushed and pushed instead of just taking a deload. Well, even if you... I think even if you don't... Even if you are taking things very... I mean, you're an example of this. You're taking it very intentional and strategic you're still going to fall into your body pushing back mm-hmm. because you are you are advancing in that extreme. Yeah. And it requires you to stay in constant communication with your body mm-hmm. and, and be honest with yourself about yeah. what's happening. So, um, yeah, so last year, Derek Lunsford, um, in his 
men's open debut took second place by one point, right? Because I'm pretty sure two years ago, I think 2021 is when he won the 212 title. Yes, I think that's correct. That's what I remember. So Derek Lunsford is the first person to win a Olympia title in two different divisions. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. And it's crazy that he came so close in his first year doing it. He was one point away, one, literally one point behind Hadi Chupan. Yeah, I looked that up. From mm-hmm. Hadi got seven and Derek got eight. And Nick Walker was third with 15. Yeah. So That's like how close yeah, it was. It was like a split decision between Hadi and, and Derek for first place. And now I will say this year, going back to what you were saying about, you know, showmanship, um, Derek Lunsford's Derek Lunsford's routine, I think he did a much better job at producing showmanship for uh, like during his routine. Hadi kind of just like walked back and forth across the stage. And he Yo, did most Hadi muscular. was hype. Yeah, but like he did like two poses. He did like most muscular yeah. and then he did his ab, his oblique flex, you know? And like, yeah, yeah. The, the the crowd loved him. But he, like Lunsford, like he actually like showcased his entire physique. He did and a really good job. Yeah, and his backspread, like holy cow, man. And then his V taper, his, his freaking midsection is just, again, just phenomenal abdominal control. So I think they did a really good job. Um, and he's uh, in his routine. He would smile. It, it was very like captivating. I don't know what it was about his, like everything that he did, but like he, I think it was a side chest. I'm gonna do it right now for you. <laughs> um, but he did a side chest, and then turned his head to the audience and smiled, and it was like. I need to take a picture of that. Like, mm-hmm. it was just so aesthetic and perfect. And I really think, like, there's a link between knowing your body, knowing your angles, your facial expressions, your movements. Like, it is an art. Mm-hmm. And I think he just put all of those pieces together really well. I enjoyed his routine a lot. Yeah, yeah. he did a really good job, I think. Um, and number three, Samson. Um, oh, yeah. Man, he, he did a great job coming up from, I think he was still top 10 last year, but he did a great job coming up to the top five. And he's just so, he's he's taller than uh, either Derek or Hadi. So I think it's just going to take him a little more time to put on the same amount of, like, quote unquote, size that the other two guys have. But, but he's definitely going to be a contender as well. He's um, maybe not as much of a mass monster as Ronnie Coleman, but... You know, he definitely has very similar genetics, and I think that he'll have the title eventually as well. Uh, I don't know if Derek's going to come back next year and try to do it again. I mean, why not at this point? But $400,000, pretty attractive. So he probably will. Yeah, Samson won the Arnold Yeah. this year. He said it was the greatest moment of his life. <laughs> uh, I like listening to him talk. Also, I felt like he um, had, like, a very substantial... I don't know if that's the right word, personality, but I just liked listening to him talk. He said, I think that this was the first time that his family had seen him compete as a pro. I didn't hear that, but... Yeah, I think that was in an athlete interview. I think he had a a sibling in the United States. He's from um, UK, yeah. And then he had a a sibling in Germany. He says, it just doesn't always work out that they can come to my shows, but... They're here at the Olympia, and this is the first time they're seeing me compete as a pro. I was like, wow. Um, and yeah, I 
I mean, he's, if you see this picture, he's just massive. Yeah, he's got a very impressive physique. His lat spread is just crazy. But, oh but again, gosh. his height allows for these spaces in here. And, like, his lats, uh, well, I mean, Lungsford's lats are just like, holy cow. I don't know how he made his back that big. His back shot is just a winning back shot. But I think that they talk about space. Mm -hmm. And, like, Derek, he just closes that space. There's, like, no space there. So, and you still see he's got a tiny waist, whereas this guy, like, it's just bigger. But it's because he's a bigger man. So in certain po yeah, that, yeah. In certain poses, they will look for negative space between, like, your arm and your chest or your waist or stuff like that. Because that's a place where muscle could be. So. Yeah, so you want to really work to, and, and I have a problem with that on my side chest. Like, it's it's really, it's hard to close those gaps. Uh-huh. Especially when you're lean, mm -hmm. you have to have the mass there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, I think, you know, Hadi wasn't very happy about losing the title. He he walked off before all the pictures were done. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's some people online who tried to like make excuses. Oh, he's deaf. He doesn't speak English. This, that, and the other. He thought they took the picture and then he, he congratulated his teammate and walked off. No one else was walking off. So I just, I, I don't really, I don't know if I can lend credence to that but we don't know what really happened yeah it's look i mean losing i know that there's a lot of stuff going on over in the middle east right now mm -hmm. um he is representing his country he's like he was the first iranian mr olympia he lost it they they do have a different sense of like honor and responsibility that's a good point than a yeah. lot of people in america are used to so mm -hmm. there's a lot of things at play but you know there's definitely something to be said about, you know, like I said earlier, you know, when you lose, that's really when your character comes out. Mm -hmm. um, the Persian wolf. Yeah. He is fun to watch yeah. on stage. He is so He's excited. Energy. Yeah. He's hype. Yeah. He loves like, um, I mean. He loves the competition too. Yeah. You know, and like the press conference, they always bring him to the press conference, even though he can't speak English. Uh -huh. And, you know, he, he talks trash like the best of them, you know, yeah. and not necessarily like overtly. He doesn't tear anyone else down. He just says, I know the work that I put in and I'm confident that I came here to win. Yeah. You know, so I definitely respect that about him is he doesn't feel the need to bring anyone else down. He just knows what he is and he knows what the package that he's bringing to stage. And that dude works his butt off. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, uh, Hani asked if he would mind if you know Chris Bumstead had a workout with them, and he's like, "Does he work or you know something like that?" He yeah. was like hesitant because he didn't think Bumstead would be able to pace him. Pace him, you uh -huh. know. He's like, "I I come to work, so like he, he needs to make sure that he's here to work too." Yeah. So like, I definitely you, respect you Chris his work Bumstead. <laughs> so yeah, he is an animal in the gym. He's yeah. been told it's he's been touted as an animal in the gym. But you have to be he's to get the, that that get that high. He's the Persian wolf. He he's definitely. I mean, yeah, he he knows ways to do it. Yeah. So like between him, Lunsford, Dowda, I mean, it was tight. I felt like, um, I do I do think that I mean I would agree with the placements. I think that they were spot on in my my personal opinion, not being a a, a judge, but. Um. Yeah. And then I didn't. I didn't know the fifth place. Oh yes, I do. I just never know his name. I feel like he's wearing green too. Andrew Andrew Jacked, I think, is what he goes by, and that's why when they put that's his a good bodybuilder name, Andrew yeah. Jacked. Yeah. 
Uh, I think his physique is exceptionally impressive. I think he he didn't win. He was top three, I think, at the Arnold too. But I just feel like he has really good proportions, like really good aesthetic proportions. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know he's definitely going to be another contender. But look at these friggin' triceps, man! It's just ridiculous. He's just hanging off his body. So um, yeah, he took fifth place. Um, fourth place was you know the uh, eternal Brandon Curry. Um, brought a great package. I thought he brought a really tight waistline. I yes. thought very, very good conditioning. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, the top five was just, um, it was a good pick. So. Brandon Curry was, uh, he did not make it to the press conference cause he was in the hospital. Yeah. And that's another thing. Dude was in the hospital with ulcers for the press conference, which was the day before the Olympia started. And then he shows up and takes fourth place. Yeah, at the press conference, they're like, we don't know if he's coming or not. They were trying to figure out if he was going to be competing, and no one knew anything. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, it there he is. Yeah, so, and I act, I really like Brandon Curry. I've seen him in press conferences in the past where he just is an honorable person. He is not a smack talker. He comes in like a, well, the last press conference we saw, he comes in like a full suit. He has a briefcase and he just comes there, answers questions, very like um professional. Yeah. Very kind, very positive, very like I feel like he is very wise as well too. And uh and then just goes about his business. Mm-hmm. He's not interested in the fanfare and the 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 battle between the drama. Them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's just I'm here to do my job. Yeah. And and who knows, like, you know, when you're in a hospital and when you have ulcers, you're not feeding like you need to be. You're not filling out those glycogen stores. Seriously. So who knows what he would have done if he did not have that issue the week of the Olympia. That's a very good point. Yeah. And, and they, like I say, he still took fourth. That's crazy. They they have to, like, yeah, the carb, yeah. the carb up that happens. I mean, shoot, your bikini girls are at, like, 25, 3,000 calories sometimes. It's crazy. You know, I mean, not all of them, but, but no, there, there are some. In an improvement season. So it's, you know, yeah, it's wild. Well, uh, one um, had like 400 carbs, 400 grams of carbs. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But what I mean, that my, does, yes. my point is that guys who are 275 pounds of solid muscle, they need to eat like thousands of calories to, you know, during their uh, uh, linear loading phase. So, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. Um, you want to try? Nah. We'll do a podcast, a live podcast, and try and eat carb up bodybuilding. Yeah, I'll I'll go through a ten thousand calorie day. Call Brandon feel the next day. Say Brandon Curry, what did you have to eat? And we're gonna do it for you. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So Andrew Jacked. Uh, okay, yes. It says uh, Brandon Curry was fourth last year, so he he kept his fourth place this year, and. Uh, Samson Dauda, yeah, he uh, he moved up three places from last year. So yeah, people are they're progressing. It's evolving. It's when you're in that top spot, I think that's the hardest place to be. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, good job for Hottie coming in second. I mean, there's been people that have been first and then not even been top five the next year. Yeah, like Big Ramey. And he didn't even show up this year. Yes, that was another one. I said I'm not going to Olympia if Big Ramey's not going to Olympia. Yeah. 
I think he took fourth at the Arnold and then pulled out of the Olympia. So he said that uh, he's had some. I mean, I try. I tried to Google it because I was like, "Where is this guy?" He had some injuries and stuff going on. He said it just wasn't worth trying to push for the Olympia until he made those corrections. Yeah. So I thought that was very wise. Oh, sorry, you guys. It scared me. <laughs> My computer started playing an ad. <laughs> um. So if you heard that, I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, so let's talk about how much money these people have. Tarek, Derek is 40. No. Nope. <laughs> $400,000 richer. Uh, Hadi is 150. Third, Samson, 100,000. Brandon Curry's 40,000. And Andrew Jacked, $35,000. So it was a dog fight. Some of these, um, competitors man it was it was close it was exciting though it was fun so this year it was at uh florida the olympia was in florida next year we'll be in vegas and oh, i think yeah i just want to mention one more thing like um as these competitors were on stage posing their physiques were literally changing in front of your eye holes that's <laughs> eye holes. we're gonna have to explain that to people eventually point. yeah that's another podcast that's um, very true. I felt like that was happening with Daraja. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is her is she getting tighter with her posing? I felt like that was actually happening. Um, and I, other people were commenting about different. I mean, other yeah, especially the men's open, like they were saying how yes, they changed. That's yeah. where it was happening. Mm-hmm. They're like, man, so and so is getting tighter. Science, so and so looks like you know. I mean, posing is i feel like an exercise well it's tough yeah it's a full body isometric and you're squeezing as hard as you can and so it's moving all your your blood glucose into your glycogen stores to be used for fuel which is necessarily going to change how you're looking so yeah it was it was just very interesting to see because i feel like i haven't noticed that before so it was interesting this year i'm not saying that it never happened before but i just feel like i did not notice it before mm-hmm. so yeah i don't feel like i noticed it yeah it was interesting and i even feel like kind of classic was doing the same thing i feel like some of the side chest pose like the definition was different on the guys you know from one one side chest to the next um so yeah it's just very interesting i think that it's worth to worth noting like when you're carb loading i think it's really important to do posing you know however whatever muscles you're going to be using and trying to show off in in your competition i think it's important to you know, at least activate them. You don't want to use up all those glycogen stores, but you need to tell your body, hey, this is where we need to prioritize our glycogen store. Well, TZ has gotten um, instructions from posing coach to do posing to help, you know. Move stuff around, yeah. Right, while he's carb loading for a show. So, it, I mean, it, it, it does something. I mean, yeah. Okay, so there's other random fun facts about the Olympia. Uh, I really liked that they talked about I think it was Dan Solomon talked about it being an audience of athletes. And that's why it was kind of cool. The Olympia is like how many football players. Is it only football players that go to NFL games? But most uh, athletes within bodybuilding are the ones that show up to like these events. And the sport is growing. And even if you don't compete in bodybuilding, you're here watching the Olympia because you work out and you live the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And maybe not to the extreme that these guys are doing it, but you appreciate the sacrifice that they make on a daily basis. Yeah. And I think it's cool to like celebrate you know, or work towards becoming a better version of yourself, which we touched on and celebrate others wanting to do the same thing. That's where I think it's important. Like, 
yeah, in bodybuilding, you can like so and so is my opponent. I need to beat them. Whatever, like chip on your shoulder you have about what other whatever other competitor, whether you're amateur, or pro, it doesn't matter. You can develop these like weird animosities towards people that whatever. I'm just getting I'm going off here, but um that person is still trying to evolve to be a better version of themselves. And so whether or not you guys agree on everything, um, I think it's, there's something about celebrating other people trying to do the same thing that you're doing. So, well, and one of my TC isms, as your mom calls it. <laughs> yeah. Um, no one above you will try to tear you down. Yes. Only people below you can do that. So just remember that the next time you have something negative to say about someone and understand that, if you're trying to tear someone down to make yourself feel better, like you're not doing the right thing. Yeah. That's a so be supportive in other people's journeys if you want that same thing reciprocated. Mm -hmm. And even if that person is a dick to you, it doesn't matter. You don't have to stoop to their level. Remember that. Remember, if they're trying to tear you down, that just means you're doing something right. It's easy. So it's, keep doing it. It's easier to be a dick. Yeah. Yeah. The crit Being a critic, critic is the easiest job in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good point. Thank you for that TCism. Uh, yes, and this was the 59th edition of the Olympia. So next year will be the 60th. Whoop, whoop. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's some random thing. We're just shooting from the hip here. Issa talked about um, her hamstrings were too rope like in one of her shows this year. That was part of her feedback. Um, so making sure that there is not a bunch of separation between your hamstrings for bikini is something judges are looking. I mean, I did not see Issa's hamstrings. So uh, feedback noted. Also, so if you've watched, if you follow Issa, you know that her front pose is like crazy good. She has gotten judge feedback that she's turning too much to the front with her upper body. She's trying to twist too much. Yeah. So yeah. something else to consider if you are a body like Issa's. Um, so yeah, I think that's, I mean, those are just some random fun facts from the end here, but, uh, yes, tan being too dark was something interesting this year. All the Easter eggs for people who've hung in there for the hour and 45 minutes that this <laughs> podcast took. Oh my gosh. You could have just watched the Olympia while you're listening to us. <laughs> um, yeah. And then Oksana, she's a five time fitness Olympian. She was injured last year. Spent two, she spent two years preparing for this with this routine. So she prepared this routine for 2022. Got injured. Came back 2023. And 2017 was her last Olympian win. And then I also like that people were saying something specific to their country of origin because they felt a huge um, responsibility to represent them. Like, uh, you know, Maureen talked about the Philippines. Oksana said something in Russian to her her country. And then, um, who was the other one? Francielli said something in her fin at finals when she accepted her award in Portuguese. Uh, to, to her country of Brazil, which I thought was really beautiful. Which also, Francieli has a 15-year-old daughter. So, um, I don't know. She just, how how did she do that? <laughs> 15 or... Someone else had a 5-year-old. Hmm. And I don't know if it was the Olympia, but I remember us talking about that. And I said, that means five years ago she was pregnant. 
And you were like, yeah, and she was at the, she was here three years ago too, and or two years ago or something. That means it, it doesn't matter. But like the things that these athletes do, they're just some, and I was talking to, talking about this to Paul today, that they're just some amazing people out there. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing. And it just shows you what the human body is capable of when your own brain does not stand in your way. Because just like Hillary posted just this morning. Our client, Hillary. Hillary. Yeah, that generally speaking, you are what is standing in your own way. Mm-hmm. And when you make the decision that there, do or do not, mm-hmm. there's no try. Right, Yoda? <laughs> and when you make the decision that there is no option to... to uh, veer. veer from the path all of a sudden reaching your goals becomes so much easier and just like hillary said again easier might not be the right word but just much more clear cut mm-hmm. and when you're willing to like the marines say embrace the suck mm-hmm. when you're willing to do that and you actually kind of look for that discomfort to know that you're on the right path and know that you're doing the right thing when you seek comfort like um, I, I read something today that tension is you changing and evolving and relaxation is you being yourself and, and like not growing. Right. So looking for that discomfort in your life and seeking it out and intentionally putting yourself in these uncomfortable situations is how you will grow as a person. It is how you will grow as an athlete. So I would agree with that. I felt the if we're talking about personal takeaways, I think that's a good way to kind of wrap this up. I felt watching that Olympia and listening to those athletes that I did feel that I need to be more uncomfortable. I have to be okay with being more uncomfortable with stretching myself a little bit more. And I'm not just talking about in the gym. I'm talking about like delegating time, how I'm structuring my day. um, And having delineating lines between work and downtime. Felt like those were like, and it's for your partner too. Mm-hmm. If I am requiring more because I want to be more comfortable and I'm asking more from my partner, um, that's taking away from your athletic goals. And not that you can't lean on each other and help each other out. We talk about that. We talk about a support system and how that does further the other person in their goals. But are you taking too much? Yeah. And uh, it just gave me some things to think about and reflect upon and also helps me get out of bed earlier in the morning <laughs> to do more in my day because uh, time is precious. And what goals we have set out for ourselves as coaches and athletes requires that diligence. And um, yeah, I think... You can watch. I also had separate thoughts watching the Olympia, watching bikini. I immediately thought, wow, I have so much farther to go. Um, I think. S- Which again, every bodybuilder has body dysmorphia. I was going to so. yeah, And like, and maybe people did have that thought watching the Olympia or looking at Instagram and looking at these, you know, people they admire and thinking, oh, wow, if, if only I could look like that or I'll never get to that stage or, you know, I had some of those negative thoughts too. And bikini ended. I was like, well, my waist will never be small enough and my scoliosis will hold me back and I'll always be crooked. You know, like it's very easy to fall down the trend of what is wrong with you. Um, and right after bikini was the wheelchair Olympia. And I was like, well, that is not a shot to the heart. Like there is a lot that I can be grateful for. 
So, um, yeah, I think that the sports are exciting. They're just like bodybuilding helps us evolve as individuals. Um, and watching the sport and learning from other people can also help you evolve as a person, whether it's what you don't want to be like and don't want to do. Because there's plenty of people like that in the world where you have that interaction. You're like, mm, that's not for me. Or, wow, I really admire that. I need to adopt that mentality or I need to adopt that habit because I want to be a better version. Um, so, yeah, those are just kind of my takeaways. Anything else you want to add? Any more TC-isms? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I think my, my takeaway was like almost, you could say, the opposite like I'm, I'm pretty good at suffering. I mean, that's growing up as a guy. That's kind of what you're told. That's your job, suffering silence, mm. and be a support. So, um, my takeaway was asking for help because when I don't, you suffer too. Mm. And I know that that was a bone of contention between us. Like you drive, you heard I drove you crazy because you couldn't figure out how to help me, and you could see me suffering. Yeah. Um, you know, you can only hide it for so long. Mm-hmm. So uh, putting your pride down and saying, I need some help. That is how you're going to be successful in anything. Mm -hmm. So, but like you said, knowing the balance. Right. Is how you can be successful as a team. So, yeah. Yeah, it was great. I think that's good. I think being um, connected with your inner self, you're going to, you're going to have different takeaways. Yeah from different events so yeah um yeah so i think that that pretty much wraps it up that's our olympia recap hopefully you found it interesting um we love the athletes and sport we think it's super cool hopefully we'll be there next year oh we'll be there next year we'll be at the arnold and we'll be at the at the olympia we we decided that we those are two events that we want to be at and we'll also be at the miami international fitness expo which will be june 1st um at the Miami Airport Convention Center. Yes. Uh, and we'll be at more events too, but um, those are the things that we are working on currently. Yeah. have active things we have going on at those things. But uh, yeah, we uh, wish our athletes this weekend the best of luck. Michael, Jonna, and Robin. Um, they are battled to get to this stage, so we're excited to go celebrate them. And we have some other people from Reckless Training that are coming to cheer us on and uh cheer those athletes on and and observe the sport i mean you learn a lot from being in the environment so we're excited to be uh part of it again and and then the next weekend we'll be doing more so yep. we'll keep you guys uh up to date with all of our events and stuff happening if you liked this episode or you like our reckless training podcast please do us a favor and leave a review uh we it's I can't thank you guys enough for the positive reviews that you've been leaving, the five-star ratings. Um, It's just, there's lots of people out there, some people that uh, are not so supportive and a ton of people that are. So we appreciate the people that take the time to write us something positive and let us know how the podcast um, helped them. And uh, you can also find us on Instagram if you have questions. Um, TC is at Longshot Gamble. I'm at Chris Nicole underscore IFBB Pro. And our team uh, website or our team Instagram is Reckless underscore Training. You want to do some more of the outro? 
No, I'll keep going. We also have a website, <laughs> recklesstraining.com. You can, uh, con there's a contact form if you have questions, if you don't want to, I mean, you can message us on Instagram as yeah. well. But um, if you want to send in requests for podcast topics, we love yeah, talking about Yeah, let us know stuff. what you want to hear. Eventually, we're going to start doing some uh, like uh, live uh, question routines, uh, not routines, but like episodes. Um, Q&A. Yeah. So uh, definitely feel free to reach out. Like we love answering questions. We love helping athletes reach their goals, whether or not there are clients. We'll um, have interviews coming too. We're working yeah. on some. Yeah, we're working on some interviews here. So we got some cool stay people. Stay tuned. We got, yep. we got a cool list. Um, and yeah, if you, we also have a media tab on our website. So you can look for all of our content there to, to help follow and support. If you're watching on YouTube, thanks for taking a look at us and watching me plug my computer in. Um, Feel free to leave comments, likes, subscribe. Everything that you do, those little things matter to us. Yeah, they all add up. So thank you for everyone that has already. And, and all the shares and your Instagram stories, guys, we really appreciate that. Oh my That's gosh. So great. Yeah. So all right. So thanks guys for listening. TC, take us out. Just remember, as always, work hard, stay humble, and train reckless. Yeah, hit it. I don't know what button to hit. The big red one. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs>